So we then move on to Nirvair. So we'll just look at the spelling again. Ankur at the bottom again. And now you're getting to know what these spellings mean. Nir without Ver. Ver can mean hate, but it can also mean enemy. Very. Nako Beri. No stranger, no enemy. Ver. So the oneness has no hatred. The oneness is pure love. And if you think about it, how can the oneness hate? Who would the oneness hate? It's all in itself. Subkit ape up. Everything is you. So the oneness, who can it punish? There's no one to punish. It is all itself. Who can it hurt? But the interesting question is, do we act in this way? Do we live nirpal and do we live nirvair? Because, like I said at the beginning, the Mulmantir is just as much a description of you as it is of, of the universe. You need to become nirpal, fearless, but you also need to be without hate. And do we live like this? And what would that mean? It doesn't just mean that you're not without any enemies. It means that you have no opposition, no one who you oppose, no one who you compete with. And then we start thinking, actually, I probably do do some of those things. There are people that I oppose. I might not use a strong word like hate. I might not hate them. I might not call them my enemy, but I certainly do oppose certain people. So then you're creating you, me. So just as nirpal is based on three things, fear is dependent on three things, there, hatred is also dependent on three things. And it's the same three things. It's dependent on I. I don't like you, you. And why don't you like someone? What would be a reason for you not to like someone? Because of the past. Because they have to have done something to you. If there's somebody who you've never met before, you've never met them in your life, you just see them, are you going to hate them? You can't. But if they've done something to you, the next time you meet them, you're not going to like them very much. You're going to hate them. So it's dependent on me, you, and something in the past. You can't hate someone for something they haven't done. Can you hate me for something if I haven't done it to you yet? Even if you don't know whether I'm going to do it or you know whether I'm going to do it, you don't. until I do it, you can't actually... You can't actually hate someone for that. So hatred is always in the past. Fear is always in the future. You don't fear something in the past, you fear it happening in the future. You don't hate in the future, you hate something that happened to you in the past. So the question is, do we live like this? And more importantly, how do you deal with someone you don't like? What do you do with someone you don't like? What happens when someone walks into the room that you don't like? 
you have to go back to the magic formula. Everything is one. And you have to look at them and you have to bow down to them because your master has walked into the room. Akal Purak has walked into the room. God has walked into the room. Who are you going to hate? Who are you to hate? You could bow down and you could take that person and say, Sab kich tu hai, everything is you. Sab gobind hai, sab gobind hai, gobind bin nahi koi. Everything is God, everything is God, this is God. So we have to learn these techniques and we have to practice them. We have to see someone we don't like and we have to first be aware of what's happening to me right now. What does my mind do when, they, when that person walks into the room? What does my heart feel like? Does it feel closed? Does it feel angry? Does it feel racing? Does my blood start to boil? And all of these things are just dependent on you. They're, they're following the three things. I'm here, that person, and then they did something to me. So we're, we're not resolving the issue. You have to recognize that these are all the three things standing in your way. I'm the problem. I'm just as much the problem as the person who's walked into the room. They're part of the problem, but I'm also part of the problem because it requires three things. It requires a me to exist. If I didn't exist, what they did wouldn't affect me because there wouldn't be a me for it to affect. So when somebody walks into the room that you don't like, you have to be aware of what it's doing to you, of what your mind is trying to do, because instantly your mind, it doesn't take a long at all for your mind to say, right, there's the guy, we don't like him. And then even in your mind, you're just swearing at him. You might say, why Guruji ka khalsa, why Guruji ki fateh? But in reality, you're swearing at them. And you might as well be honest. That's what your mind does. That's what we all do. You might as well be honest with yourself. When somebody walks into the room, be aware of what your mind is doing. And don't follow your mind. Your mind is like a dog and on a leash. And wherever it goes, you just follow. That's what we do. Mind is like this dog just running in every direction. And wherever it goes, you just allow it to run. You're not in control of it. So your mind will see somebody you don't like and it'll just race off down a thousand miles an hour about all the things you don't like and what they did to you. And then they spoke to my friend and then now my friend is their friend. All these sort of things. And what's the solution? Do a few minutes of meditation. Enter into your sahaj, your shanti. And then see how you feel. How you will feel is, I acknowledge what's happened, but it's happened. There's no oppressor, there's no victim. And there is no holding on to the past. It can happen again and again. But every time it happens, you're being the victim. You're continuing to allow that to happen. Either you allow the situation to happen because you keep walking into that same situation, because you keep having sangat of that same person, or if, you, if that's not in your control, that you have to be in the sangat of that person, then the other thing that keeps happening is you keep allowing yourself to be affected by it. Rather than accepting it as hukam, that's nothing to do with you. 
Take yourself out of the situation. Look, like I said, either you can't walk away from that situation, so in which case you have to deal with, deal with your, the way you're being affected by these things. Or you walk away from the situation and say, I don't want anything to do with you, I don't want you to come around anymore, whatever it is. You have to deal with it one way or the other. But if you deal with it by saying, I don't want to see you again, that doesn't mean you've dealt with your hurt and your pain. You could never see that person again, but you haven't dealt with the hurt and the pain. So you have to address that. You know, the mind can't distinguish between the events that happen in its head and the events that are happening in front of you. You know, if you are going to fall, you're going to trip, what starts to happen? If you're going to fall down the stairs, your heart starts racing. You all must have had this dream where you almost fall. And you wake up and you're in the same sense of panic. Why? Because the mind can't distinguish between reality and the illusion that it creates in its head. The reaction is the same. If your mind thinks you're going to fall, it'll have the same reaction. It gets the body ready to defend itself. So whether the, the thing is happening in front of you or it's happening in your mind, the reaction is the same. The reaction is what you have to deal with. You have to deal with the fact that you are allowing yourself to be oppressed by these things. You are allowing your own suppression. You have to become completely unaffected by it. And the only way to be unaffected by it is to take yourself out of the equation. Take the me out. So you aren't the one being affected. And this is where Nam Simran comes in. This is why it's very difficult to deal with these situations as they occur. If you just want to do no Nam Simran in your life and you just want to deal with this situation as it occurs, you're going to find it very hard. But in moments of peace when nothing's happening, you do Nam Simran. When something bad occurs, you already have equipped yourself with the tools to deal with it. That's why Nam Simran needs to be done all the time, as much as possible. Because you're preparing yourself that should anything bad happen, you already have dealt with, the, with that scenario, including death, including the worst things that you can imagine, you've already dealt with them. When they happen, it's like a welcome. You just say, bring it on, because I've already dealt with that. You just accept the hukum. I'll give you a very simple story to, to illustrate this point. There are two monks who've taken a vow of chastity and celibacy. They're living in this monastery and they're going for a walk one day. And remember, they've taken a vow that they can never look at women, never touch women, nothing. And they come across this river that they have to cross. And they see an old woman standing there. One of the monks doesn't even say anything, picks up the old woman, puts her on his back, crosses the river, leaves at the other side, and they both go on their way. About half an hour later, the other monk says, sorry, I really have to ask you this question, it's bugging me. We've taken a vow that we're never to touch women. How could you pick that woman up and help her cross the river? The first monk says, when I picked her up and I dropped her on the other side, I left her there. Why are you still carrying her? 
Why are you still carrying her? And this is the difference between someone who is absolutely not affected by the circumstances around them. Something happens, he reacted because the situation required it at that point. The situation required his help, he was in a position to help. We were talking about this earlier today. You are in a position to help, you help. You're not in a position to help, you don't help. If he didn't pick the woman up and they crossed, he would be in that same level of shanti. The other guy would still be questioning. Maybe we should have helped her, maybe we shouldn't. If we touched her, then we would have broken our vow. But if we didn't touch her, then we're not being very charitable. That's the difference between Gurmukh and Manmukh. Somebody is constantly in their mind. Their mind is constantly racing. And the Gurmukh is in Shanti. Needs to be done, I do it. Doesn't need to be done, I don't do it. This person needs to have his head chopped off, I do it. This person needs to be fed, I'll do it. There's no distinction in your head. Absolutely neutral. Why? Because I'm not doing it. The universe is doing it to itself. God is feeding God. God is laughing at God. Absolutely nothing to do with me. Where's the you in this whole conversation? Where's the victim, the suppressor, the oppressor? Where are all these people? Where is the past, the present, the future? The monk who had let him down and carried on, time is gone, that time is gone, I'm not even thinking about it. It's like in that last half an hour, he was probably doing his Nam Simra and the other guy was meditating on the woman. And thinking, should he have done it? Should he have not have done it? He's doing that Nam Simra. And the other guy is in his must. So the hatred that you have for someone is actually inside you. It's not in the other person. The other person is just occupying space in your head. So, your hatred for them is really about you. Your hatred for somebody else is more to do with you than it is to do with them. Maybe they didn't even do anything. Sometimes you can hate someone because somebody told you they did something. You don't even know that whether they did it. It's not even true. When you speak to them, they say, no, I didn't do that. So, all this time I hated you and you didn't even do it. It wasn't you. So, this is how fickle your mind is. Your mind can hate someone for something they haven't done just because you think they might have done something. So when you see hatred rising within you, what you're really seeing is a pain within you. I can't believe that person did that. You're holding on to that pain. You're holding on to that victim mentality. I can't believe that that person did that to me. It's really about me. Your ego is hurt. What that person did was they took their bliss away from you. I was sitting here at Amnal in bliss and this guy came and did this to me. He took my bliss away from me. And now he's taken his, my bliss away from me. I'm struggling. So the person's just walked in the room. He's just walked past you. He hasn't even looked at you, hasn't even acknowledged you, hasn't even become aware that you are holding these feelings towards him. You don't, he doesn't even know. He's just blissfully unaware. But when you see them, all of this stuff, this roller coaster starts happening inside you. And even if they've walked out of the room 20 minutes ago, you're still struggling. You're still holding on because 
you're not equipped with the tools. You haven't practiced Nam Simran enough. Nam Simran has to be something that's practiced all the time. It's not because you're going to please Mr. God, and it's not because you're going to get to God, it's only because it's going to help you. It's dissolving your own ego. Your only real enemy should be your ego. You know, in Islam, they have this concept called jihad. What they don't understand is the true jihad, the true taram yud, is to fight within yourself, to fight the demons within yourself. They keep running around looking for fights. And unfortunately, you're getting Apne doing that as well, Sikhs doing that as well. Because they want to be fighters, they want to be warriors all the time. If you want to fight something, fight your own ego. Baba Bullisha says a, a beautiful thing. He says, you spend all, all your time fighting Satan, you've never fought your own ego. And this is what we do. Oh, I want to, you know, I'm, I'm against... Um, this or that, or I don't want to do this, or I'll make sure I don't do that, and this person is good and that person is that. And you just, it's just kalesh. Barney used this word kalesh in Punjabi, it's a very lovely word. It's just this kalesh that's going on, this just constant battle that's going on in your head. And it's just you struggling all the time. What you really need to fight is your own ego. Simro simar simar sukh pavo, kal kalesh tan mahe mitavo. Get rid of this kalesh from your body, from your mind. Get rid of it. How? Simro simar simar sukh pavo. Meditate, 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 and find that peace. You know how when you do your relaxation me- meditation, what's the feeling when you finish with it? You're like, oh, a weight has been lifted from you, and that's after five minutes. Imagine you did that for five minutes every day. Imagine you did that for half an hour every day. Imagine you did that with every breath of every day. Then it's very possible to remove this ego. But it's very difficult to remember to do this all the time. And that's the only problem, is remembering to do this all the time. So... The fight that we have to do is with ourself. Guru Gobind Singh Ji talks about this when he talks about the Khalsa. He says, Khalsa soe jokare nit jang. The Khalsa is the one who fights the daily battle. Does that mean the Khalsa goes out and looks for a fight every day? No, but Guru Gobind Singh Ji is right. The Khalsa fights a daily battle. What battle do they fight? The internal battle. Thus in the Tankha Nama by Nandalal Ji is a conversation between by Nandalal and Guru Gobind Singh Ji. And Guru Gobind Singh Ji, by Nandalal is asking all the questions, what should the Khalsa be like? And Guru Gobind Singh Ji is saying, the Khalsa should be like this. Khalsa soe jo panchako mare. The Khalsa is the one who gets rid of the five evils, the Yukam, Krod, Lom, Mahankara. That's the Khalsa. Just wearing a bana doesn't make you a Khalsa. And being able to recite all the Bani from start to finish doesn't make you a Khalsa. Guru Gobind Singh Ji tells you what Khalsa is. Khalsa is one who fights the five evils. 
ਖਾਲਸਾ ਸੋਏ ਜੋ ਮਾਨ ਕੋ ਤਿਆਗੇ who renounces his ego that's the khalsa that's what a khalsa is so a question what about revenge do we believe in revenge what do we think anger is good but revenge is bad but isn't one of the panch chor khalsa soe jo panch ko mare isn't one of the panch chor anger kaam krodh there's a difference between josh and anger you can have josh everyone know what that word means josh like kind of strength like umph i don't think you should ever have anger because anger is victim mentality i can't believe this is happening and anger is a non acceptance of reality hukum is a full full acceptance of reality and in full acceptance of reality if you need to strike someone down with revenge or with compassion fine but never out of anger anger is when it's taken over you it's out of your control if you can have anger in complete control in full awareness that's a different thing but i don't think that's even called anger i think that's warrior spirit that's josh but anger is is something that we don't need anger is like a demon that's 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 eating away at you it's all about the state of mind if the state of mind is anger then there's then there's no use if the state of mind is compassion i have to kill you because you're killing too many people it's about compassion for all these other people i have to kill you even if it means that my life is going to end but at least all these people can be saved that's compassion so who knows what mindset those gursikhs were in when they shot indira gandhi i don't know nobody can know i don't know but you can know whether you're going to react out of revenge or you're going to react out of some other thing if you read history guru gobind singh ji once he initiated banda singh bahadur into the khalsa he said go to all the islamic villages and avenge the death of the of the sahibzade now you can read that and think oh well the sikhs do believe in revenge because guru gobind singh ji asked banda singh bahadur to do that and banda singh bahadur went there every village they just burn all the muslim houses down and say get out of our country get lost we've had enough of you but is that out of revenge or is that saying enough's enough you guys have invaded our land you're killing our people and the thing is you can't judge it by the action only you can know what your state of mind is and the reason for asking this question is for you to start thinking about well, what state of mind do i do certain behaviors in it's not the action that's in question it's the motivation that's in question and only you you can know it there's a clear difference between anger because anger and rage is something that overpowers you and you can't control it and josh and warrior spirit is something that's that you're drawing from an energy that you're drawing from and you're using and when there's no need for it you're back down again you have to be the master of your house and that's where it talks about manajite jagjit so the action can't be judged 
You can't look at two people and say, oh, well, he hit him back. What's he doing that for? You know? Like sometimes when a child does something wrong, you punish them. Are you doing it out of revenge? Well, you're not necessarily doing it out of revenge. Most of the time you're doing it out of compassion. The reason you punish your child is because you say, I want you to learn that that action is not going to serve you in the future. I don't mind you've done it to me. You might have come and hit me. You might have come and spit on me. If you carry on doing that in the future, other people aren't going to take it. So I'm going to nip it in the bud now. I will teach you now that that won't serve you because for your benefit, so you learn that that thing doesn't, doesn't work. It's a compassion. There's a story where Buddha was sitting with all of his jirli and a man walks past and just spits at him right in, in Buddha's face. And all the jirli just stand up and just start really getting angry and are ready to, to, to punch the guy who's done it. And Buddha says, sit down, sit down, sit down, sit down. And once they all sit down, they all calm down. They're saying, why, 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 why? You know, somebody's just spat on you. Why are you, not, why are you allowing this to happen? You're the Mahapurukh of the universe. Why are you allowing this to happen? Buddha first says, firstly, it didn't happen to you. It happened to me. So calm down. Secondly, he says, there might have been a reason why that guy had to spit on me. Maybe in my last life I did something to him and he had to spit on me and now my karam between him is empty. It's been cleared. If I get up and hit him, then I'm now amassing more karam. Then I have to take the part of that, then the next life he'll have to come and hit me. I'm not saying that this is the way we always have to react. But it just introduces a new mindset. Do we have that level of compassion? Because Buddha knows that he didn't get spit on. Because it didn't happen to him. There's no I that it happened to. So even the fact that someone has spat on his face, the Buddha is so completely neutral to the event. He's not saying, he did that to me, because then you create this duality. He's just saying that event happened. Maybe there was a reason why it needed to happen. Let's sit down and think about it before we just react straight away. Maybe there's a reason why that had to happen. We don't know. But can we sit in that level of sahaj, that when something happens like that, it's not even happened to us, it's just, it's already gone. As soon as it's happened, it's already in the past, it's not happening right now. And the answer is yes, but you have to practice Naam Simran. You have to practice. And Naam Simran should not be restricted to sitting down in the Gurdwara. It's not restricted to you having to have covered your hair, or you have to have had your shower first, or it has to be done at a certain time. All of those things are fine. They need to be done at those times, whatever. But don't let that be a restriction to you. Your Naam Simran, Barney's instruction is 24 hours a day. What does that mean? When you're brushing your teeth, this is you, this is you, this is you. When you're having your shower, this is you, this is you, you're having your shower, this is your body, this is not mine. When you're eating, you are feeding you, this is you, this is you, the one eating is you, the food is you. Do you see how it can happen 24 hours a day? It's not restricted to you having to go to the Gurdwara when your favorite Kirtani is on. It's not restricted to that. You know, people say, I don't get time to do Naam Simran. What do you mean? 
Where are you that you don't have time to do Naam Simran? As you're walking, you can hear it in your footsteps. You can hear these are Guru's feet, these are Guru's hands. Naam is the state that you will get to after effective mantraja. Naam is the final destination. But there are also many other routes to getting to that state of Naam. You can do yoga, you can do meditation. There are lots of different meditations that you can do. There's lots of different things and various people around the world have come up with different techniques. Our t- technique is very simple because it's not reliant on anything. You can do it anywhere. You can do mantra jap all the time. And you should do mantra jap all the time. And if you're not doing mantra jap all the time, what is your mind doing? Probably in the past somewhere or in the future somewhere, thinking about someone and occupying. It's doing an arm simran all the time. Make no mistake, your mind is doing an arm simran all the time. It just might not be doing it on ik. It might just be doing it on other people. And that doesn't mean that you don't think. You know, when your brain needs to do something, right? Someone says, right, what do we need for shopping? You say, all right, I'll put my Naam Simran to the side for one minute. Let me think. And I go to the fridge and I check what I need to do. I write down what I need to do. Here you go. Done. I've used my brain for what it needs to be used. Now I go back to my Naam Simran. I go back to my Mantar job. But it doesn't mean you don't use your brain, that you have to sit in a room all the time and you physically can't function. Because we're not that sort of mentality. Guru Nanak Dev Ji, in fact rejected that mentality of going sitting in a mountain somewhere. You know, they asked Guru Nanak Dev Ji when he went to meet all the sadhus sitting in a mountain. And they said to Guru Nanak Dev Ji, who's just on his travels, Guruji, we've been sitting in these mountains for years. Tell us the hall of the universe. What's happening in the world? And Guru Nanak says, the world is burning and the people that can help are all sitting up here. That's the state of the world. The world is burning right now. We're all struggling and all of you sadhus are sitting up here. You're the ones that can help the world. So Guru Nanak Dev Ji rejects that mentality, go sit in the mountain somewhere. And just by going and sitting in the mountain somewhere, your mind can still be on your family. You might be sitting up in a mountain, you must have tried this, go somewhere really beautiful, Vajiva. I'm going to sit here and try and do meditate. You try and meditate and your man is in the same mail that it's in all the time. And you think, why? Why doesn't it happen? Why can't I meditate? It's so beautiful here. I'm sitting mountain, lakes, trees, all that sort of stuff, nature. Because Barney's saying, Kahe ban ko janajai. Why are you going to the forest to find it? It's not in the forest. It's within you. So just by going and sitting in some beautiful bit of nature, you'll find actually the clarity that you get at that point, you don't get anywhere else. You sit there, there's nothing to distract you and your mind is still completely running in circles and then you'll realize the clarity that you get. This is what my mind is like all the time. This is what my mind is doing all the time. So we have to get into the habit. This is you, this is you, this is you.